This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! And welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. Tonight, it's episode 209, and we are taking a trip to corn country. Yes, because we're going to that wonderful world of the made-for-TV movies of the 1970s, and we are going to discover the dark secret of Harvest Home. And joining me for this episode are returning guests, author Stephen Morris, and host of the Smellcast, Mr. Toppy Smelly. Alright, now before we go any further, I have to tell you that right now, I'm sick as a dog. I've had a head cold that's laid me up for three days now. Okay, so actually sitting down to do this is painful. And, and, and I just want to curl up and go back to bed. But, I have to apologize. The recording of this interview is all kinds of bonkers. There were technical problems. I was high on Vicodin because my back got thrown out again. I lose a guest halfway through because of technical problems. And it's just kind of all over the place. And also, trying to put it together now, I realize it's too long for one episode. So I'm going to be breaking The Dark Secret of Harvest Home up into two parts. So this first half is going to go up until you're going to cover the first part of the show. The the, the, the first uh, hour and a half of the, of the movie. Which they had on the first night. And the second half will be the second night. See? Nice and easy. And it also goes up to the point where technical problems just screwed everything up. And, and it might end abruptly, but just know that everything's cool. Okay? And it's more important that I get something out to you. Then it'd be, you know, technically perfect. Am I right? Of course I'm right. Now, I am going to get everything set in motion here, and then I'm going to curl up a little ball and go back to bed. But in the interim, please enjoy part one of The Dark Secret of Harvest Hope. For some people, you learn to leave being it, Constantine. Like what? What? No man knows? No. Woman tells? Betty Davis stars as the widow. Make me the con! Who was she? An earth mother, healing and wise? Was she a devil who directed ritual murder? He's come to see! Let him see! Why did she choose Nick and Beth to take the house? House ain't meant for profit. It's meant for wealth and a baby. This is where my baby is going to be born. Hey, listen to me. It won't be born. It can't be. I am sterile. You'll bear a child in the spring, Beth. It is prophesied. Could the widow give life? As well as take it. The widow saved Kate's life today. What did she say? A ghost. A ghost that was dead and now has come alive. Is it really a ghost? A revenue man disappeared in a lonesome. Looking for that still. Supposed to be his ghost that haunts the woods. You're a fool, Nick. 
you want to end up like me. Were there forbidden rituals of death at Harvest Home? Judge for yourself now. So joining me on this very special Thanksgiving episode are two fabulous, fabulous guests. Both unique. I got nothing. I was going to say, I was going to say, now I'm starting to make them sound, both unique and I was going to make it sound like the Capulets and the Romulans, but uh, Romulans, that's not right. Ha! It could be. Hi, everybody. I'm on Vicodin because I hurt my back. <laughs> he's on Vicodin, folks, and he's not kidding. And the dark secret of Harvest Home is that Patrick has a pill problem. <laughs> Woo! I'm Patrick. I took the yellow pills. Anyway, I we're going to be talking about the TV movie from 1979 called The Dark Secret of Harvest Home. And that was a listener request. Actually, a lot of you were requesting this one for a very long time, so shut the fuck up. We're finally doing it. Yay. Yeah. And joining me on this very special Thanksgiving episode and this joyous celebration are two... I really could not pick two better guys to do this together. My goodness, I'm thrilled to have them here. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, may I introduce to you Mr. Stephen Morris and Toppy Smelly. Hello. How do, Patrick? Oh, I do fine at the moment. I don't feel nothing. Mm-hmm. Typical. Typical. Well, it just, kind of, just like a happy hour. Well, it also just kind of ties in with like the first, because this movie is a miniseries. This is in two very long parts. The first half is all their, new, their very New York 70s problem, and I kind of feel like the, the mom in this, you know, going to my psychiatrist and taking lots of pills to deal with my problems all the time. And complaining, very, about, the, complaining about the patriarchy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, very New York. Okay, so this is this. It, believe it, as much as I'm complaining about the movie, which I'm really not. Uh, um, I am. It, okay, <laughs> you're not going to sell books this way, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> I was excited to see it because this was the one made-for-TV movie from the '70s that I was forbidden to watch. <gasps> Why? I was already. I had the popcorn it's, popped. I was sitting on the couch, and my mother came in and said, "You need to go to bed right now." What? Crowhaven Farm is much more racy. I don't. Well, get it. apparently, I guess the the church or the school sent a note home saying that this is one you don't want the innocent children to watch because it's all about uh, fucking. Because they all saw Crowhaven Farm two years before and came in the next day, crazy. Oh well, that was fine. That was just one little girl. <laughs> Who wanted to have sex with her adopted father? One little girl. That's all it was. Eish. Well, you know, these people didn't have cable TV. They had to do something to pass <laughs> the time. Okay. So before we go any further, let me do a pro- more proper introduction to the guests. Both of these guys have been on the show before, and I'm thrilled to have them back. So I'm going to start with the – well, the guy who's going to be bringing his professional expertise to this one because this is a movie that is right up his alley because he is, of course – an expert on not only wickedness, but wickedness <gasps> in women. Oh. And that would be author Stephen Marth sitting right Whoa. here. Wow. And he's got nothing to say. I'm waiting to hear what you're going to – I kind of pa- – I, I, I kind of limp-wristed the Baltics. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, I run conferences on evil and human wickedness and the supernatural, and I write supernatural thrillers, and all the fantastic elements of the books are based on authentic occult beliefs and practices, so they're the real deal. You can use them as recipe books if you want. Yeah, so don't fuck with him, Toppy. He knows shit. I guess so. Stephen going to get you. 
I got all my candles and chicken blood got, right here. Just exactly. Waiting. He will light a candle in one of your footprints in the dirt and you're fucked. Doomed. Doomed. <laughs> Doomed. So I figured this movie would give him a lot to talk about, but apparently not. <laughs> uh, I can tell you how it put me to sleep. <laughs> oh half- my God. Stephen, <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> Somebody's got to be the devil's advocate. We gather together to ask the Lord's <laughs> blessing <laughs> on this on this joyous holiday. <laughs> well, someone's got to be the cranky old uncle at the that's table, right. I suppose. Okay, so that's fine. And, that's right. Yes, and uh, so Stephen, what are you working on now? What, uh, I know you're working on uh, one of your religious books, because that's your expertise. Expertise. Yes, I'm doing a, a, a nonfiction project, but I'm also working on um, a supernatural thriller set in uh, contemporary Ireland that involves vampires and ghosts. Oh, hey, is that kind of, is that building on that vampire character that you had in um... Come Hell or High Water? Yes, the one, yes. There's, a, there's an Irish vampire woman in uh, Come Hell or High Water. She was which badass. She was badass. She really. was. And she reappears with some other vampires and ghosts in this new one I'm working on, Earth to Earth, Ashes to Ashes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And really, I think the idea of an Irish vampire is just ridiculous because you'd never find them. We're all so well, pale it's anyway. It's redundant. No. Okay. And, of course, Toppy <laughs> Smelly, the yes. host of the world-famous Smellcast. How are things in Pickle Hollow, Toppy? Well, uh, Pickle Hollow, you know, it's harvest time. Oh no! Not, oh no! Not, I'm oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I was going to say, I was, I was watching this movie. I said, if this happened to Pickle Hollow, this would be a very different movie. No, you, well, it would. Shucking it would, the pickles but, and. <laughs> yeah, we shuck the pickles. Uh, the, uh, the, our our community here very much like uh, the dark home. Uh, of harvest, uh, 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 we're very similar. Uh, we just do pickles instead of the corn. Uh-huh. 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 And somehow that's more obscene, and I don't know why. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. Do you have but, giant skulls sitting around the pickle fields? Uh, actually, yes. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, but but I this whole uh, central New York is corn country, folks. Corn mm-hmm. country. Corn really? Corn See, I wasn't sure. Corn. I wasn't sure if there was really corn in Connecticut in the places that they were. Well, it's not like we were in Connecticut or anything. Well, no, with those accents. <laughs> or Maine. No, well, actually, yeah, it was actually it was they Maine. shot it in Ohio. They didn't shoot it in, you know, Petaluma this time. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. It was a fucking Ohio. <laughs> but wow. you actually have cornfields by you, Mr. Snowy? Oh. My God, they're all over the place. Mm-hmm. Really? Huh. This story could have happened right here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always say you gotta keep away from them niblets, Toppy. Mm-hmm. They will get you. They'll get you every time. Well. Yeah, so this uh movie is based on a book by Tom I believe it's Tom Tryon, is how you pronounce it? I'm not sure. I think so. Yeah, and he only wrote two books. Both of them. I wonder why. Movies. No, and the other one was the other. Which is amazing. <gasps> oh my god, that I movie's love amazing. that movie. Yes. And also creepy farm tale. Fucking hard movie to find and see. It is. It is. That's because Uta Hagen doesn't want it to be seen. Oh, fucking Uta. She's like, I, I, I am a stage actress. I do not do movies. Except yeah. that one. Yeah, she did that one. 
No, I'm just no. It's not true at all. It's not true at all. <laughs> and she was a difficult lady. But when you only do a handful of movies, never mind. We talk about the other. No, we're not. But it's a fantastic movie, and this one is kind of similar in tone. And apparently, Betty Davis, when she read the book of Harvest Home, yes, said, "When they make this into a movie, I demand that I play the widow." No the widow. kidding. Yeah. Uh huh. Really? Huh. Uh-huh. And this is too bad she didn't get more scenes. Well, she may have thought that this was going to be a theatrical production. No, 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 no. That's probably what she thought. She knew. She knew what it was. She knew what it was. But no, this is this is the thing. I was watching this movie and go, this is why Betty Davis had a career after Baby Jane and Joan Crawford didn't. That's right. Because Betty Davis is not afraid. Good for her. To play her age. She not was not afraid. Because Joan Crawford in her later movies, man, you're just like, oh, honey, honey, no, 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 no. Straight jacket, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you cannot folks, come on to the 20-year-old boys anymore. It's not cute anymore. No, no, no. And folks, uh, I want you to know this is Betty Davis pre-stroke. She was really still quite vital. Uh-huh. And she talked all of her lines, just as if uh, all of the drag queens that you've heard, she sounded just like them. And I uh, I don't know if her dialogue uh, was, uh, but anyway, she sounded just like all of her imitators. But they she knew who her learned. audience was. Uh huh. Yeah. But this was and that's a, a shame. Vital because, yeah. What was the name of the town? By the way, it's something cool. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Corn, uh, Cornwall, Cornwall. Cornwall. Yeah. yeah, of course it's Cornwall. Of course it's Cornwall. Duh. Of Cornwall Coon. Cornhole. It turns oh. out. It turns out that all the men there were gro- the boys were growing up to be gay anyway because of her. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, so it, that's why it turned out things turned out the way it did. That's why it was such a but, matriarchal society. Yes, that's why they but, had to be blinded so they'd leave each other alone. Yes, but Betty Davis is at the height of her elderly powers before stroke. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And she yeah, and again, big big movie star doing TV, which was unheard of in the day. Oh, this must have made I swear to God, there must have been a TV God cover. Must have been. Well there must because, have been a big audience turnout too because of that. I would think so. This this would have been big shit. Well, this was a big deal, especially if the Catholic Church got got mouthy about it, then you know people are gonna watch it. Oh, did they? Did they that, yeah, uh, did did we say that? Did we say that in the podcast? Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. It, if it was banned in Boston, then yeah, that would definitely. Yeah, because be. I mean, every now and then, my school and the church that ran the school would send notes home about the things you weren't supposed to watch, and oddly enough, normally it was Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, Welcome Back, Cotter, and Soap. Oh, I don't well, think they, I don't think they were comfortable with that sit on it business in Happy Days. Right, all that all that teen, <sighs> implicit teenage sexuality, yeah, but particularly that that that, that sit on it business. <laughs> <laughs> and clearly the Vernon Shirley were lesbians. So, um, oh. yeah. Now you tell me. Spoiler. <laughs> it's all there in the subtext. But yeah, well, so when, when – when, um, the thing is my parents did not listen to the notes about the TV shows. Good for them. That's why I was shocked that I was forbidden to watch this one. Oh, it is odd that they would pay attention to that one and yeah. not the others. I think my mother might have read the book. 
Mm. But, but they had other reasons. To and, not and it might have been, you know, it. you know, ha- having a little moist moment on, on the on the on the on the chaise lounge by the pool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I I gathered the book probably had more sexuality. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas the TV movie implied it, I bet the book more than implied it. Uh-huh. I bet it did. I bet it did. Um, what was I going to say? I don't remember. It was something about the church. And, oh, well, never mind. doesn't matter. So, okay. Uh, but, uh, Patrick, I want to know, did you see it back in the day when it no. came? No, this is the first time I saw it. So, when, because so I, when did you first see it? Uh, last week. <laughs> because when it was released on VHS, it was released in a heavily edited version. Oh, right. That's that was uh, maybe an hour and 45 minutes or something like that. And everybody yeah. complained, blah, 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 blah. And it was never, ever put on DVD. And a full version has never been released. And it wasn't until TNT aired it a couple of years ago that it was able to now wind up on YouTube. Uh, uh, so was this an ABC movie? Of- I'm, I'm, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what network aired it. I don't know. I would have known if I would have been allowed to watch it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because it know, wasn't a movie of the yeah. week it was a miniseries it was a two night event a two night event and Patrick I'm trying to think all the all the way through I watched this movie I tried to think have I seen this is anything ringing a bell and nothing strongly rung a bell but this is the kind of TV movie that I would have killed to have seen oh yeah when it originally ran. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I'm sure, I bet you anything, it made TV Guide cover. Oh, yeah. I, yes, and, the TV Guide cover, I did see when I was looking for images for the for the blog. Well, there you go. I know I would have known about this movie. And this is the kind of movie that I would have seen. But if I did see it, I did not retain much memory. Mm-hmm. No, I never... I never saw it before, but what struck me was it's so similar in many ways to Crowhaven Farm. It felt like I was watching something I'd seen before. Yeah, except no witches. Well, yeah, no. well, the widow is definitely. Are they? Are they? Are they? Got are, they not? Are, are they just in touch with the earth, Stephen? Well, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Let's talk about this theme uh, that, of course, we're going to get into, but, but, um, this theme of uh, a puritanical a pur- puritan cultures originating in the U.S. and uh, toiling the land, growing corn, and there's been several movies and s- probably many books that have this theme of uh, oh God. there's oh God. something. Oh God. Oh God. Oh, yeah. No, no. Okay, okay. Never mind. I thought. Okay, never mind. It what? looked like the thing was not recording, but it is. We're good. Oh, we're good. Oh, okay. we're good. Panic. Motherfucker, I would have killed everybody. <laughs> we would have killed you. Um, so, <laughs> so that was the Dark Secret of Harvest Home, everybody. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> but I know this theme of uh, uh, strange ancient history into the growing of the corn and, and sp- uh, spooging on the ground with your sperm. And it's all very – and. Uh, I can think of Children of the Corn from Stephen King, mm-hmm. and I can think of several other. And Patrick, did you have a word for this uh, sub genre of yes. horror? Yes, 
Corn porn. Yeah. <laughs> Card porn. Yeah, I, I didn't really think of that towards the end when, because I mean, when when the okay, we're jumping way ahead, but when the kids come out to do their corn play, and like it's the corn play. I'm like, oh god, is that like puppy play? What's happening? What's going on? <laughs> it's a particular sub fetish. And then I'm going, well, it is really kind of corn porn. It's all about seeing the corn. <laughs> I I I would really love to know the origins of you know who started. You know, who told the story first? Because it's all derivative. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where it started. Maybe it started with uh, Ichabus of uh, uh, the fucking Sleepy Hollow story. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. Well, I mean, since I, as I mentioned before we started recording, I know all about the Amish, having done a musical about them while living for a summer in Amish country. Do tell. Do, uh, yes. How do you know all about the Amish, Patrick? I lived among them. I walked among them, and I bought their apple butter. Oh my! And I marveled how they were able to keep their pants up without snaps, buttons, or zippers. Did you have any of their corn? No. He had the apple butter. I had the apple butter as a lube. The oh. apple butter on the corn. You know what? You know what? They they're great cooks, but they cannot bake for shit. Really? No. Not, well, not not my, not 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 in my little community of bird in hand. No, sir. I would have thought they'd be good at nope. pastry and bread. Nope. 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 Not these folk, anyway. But the thing is, with the Amish, every community of them is completely different than every other community. Hmm. Right. Different laws, different rules, different beliefs. And then you throw in the uh, what? Who are the other ones? The the, the Amish light. Um. Pennsylvania Dutch. Uh, uh, no, no uh, there's uh, another. Oh uh, my God! My nephew married one. They're more involved with the technology Mennonites. than the Amish. Mennonites. Uh, Mennonites. Mennonites. So, oh, them. So there is a there. So if you were a person of person, a person of Amish descent, traveling to another Amish community, you may not know what the rules are. Right. So there is an element of secrecy and mystery to all these communities. You know, they want the outsiders out and the insiders in, and they have their ways, and that's the way it is. Yes. And it's because it's right. the way it's right. always been done. Right. right. And it's not that easy to get between them on horseback. and. Well, it's not like well, these folks were in, in uh, Cornwall called Cove were Amish. They had their own thing going on. Right. They, they used cars. Yeah, they used cars. She was very happy to get that electric sewing machine. Yes, yes she was. Can't use a tractor, but an electric sewing machine, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, Betty Davis got an electric sewing machine. She's, she was happy. Uh-huh. So she can make a scarecrow. That's my other line of work. <laughs> I could make the scarecrow. <laughs> I called this one Joan. <laughs> <laughs> now, the huh? this movie did not really identify this community as Amish or Mennonite or anything. It, yeah, no, because, they, you know, not Libel well, laws. The Mennonites watch TV. They're very loosey-goosey, but uh, you know, the Amish wouldn't have known any better. <laughs> They're not yeah. going to watch it on TV and find out about it. But, I mean, I, I can see why. I mean, you don't want to cause them panic. And they, they – the religion was completely different. Yes. I, it was a weird mix of Christianity and, and super-duper pagan rites. Yes. Right, and the pastor was clearly sub, subordinate to the widow. I loved that. 
I love that. It looks like he's in charge, but he's not. <laughs> His, no, he is very secondary. Yes. Okay, so since I know, I know, I know, it's like a seven-hour event, but could one of you give me a nice, tight thirty-second elevator speech plot summary of the setup? To the Dark I'll Sacred leave that Mars to you, Mister Toppy. All right, I am prepared. I am ready. 30 seconds, Toppy. (laughs) Here we go. A New York City couple who have a daughter that is not of great health and who has expressed to her parents that she's afraid to go to school because walking the streets of New York is dangerous Mm -hmm. and she's asthmatic. And this New York City couple, uh, well, the wife... I don't think she does too much, but she does visit her psychiatrist a lot. Yeah, she and does. The, the husband she is a rages. Hard. She rages in that wonderful 70s-est kind of way. Please continue. <laughs> yes, indeed. The husband is a hard working. He's in advertising. He's in illustration. He has a high-pressure job. And they are clearly not getting along. In fact... Uh, they're hard. They they haven't had sex in ages. Mm-hmm. Right. She wants to submit. She says, and he won't let her. Uh, well, she has problems, well, and that's he, the, he stepped uh, out on her. So, yeah, he <laughs> stepped out. Anyways, suddenly the wife inherits some kind of property. Somebody died. Her family. They go to investigate it. Some. Uh, it's Maine, I think. Connecticut. It's like. <laughs> A Connecticut. <laughs> it sounds. The, the accents are Maine, so you're not wrong. The accents and, are definitely Maine. And, and uh, they go there, and they decide, amazingly enough, uh, to live in this rural uh, uh, corn cob country, uh-huh. and they become embroiled and invested. In this community's heritage, which goes 300 years back, and as this family goes through this, they change dramatically. The the daughter is saved from her asthma. The the wife and the man they they're no longer apart. They start having lots of sex and eventually we discover the dark secret of Harvest Home. Mm -hmm. Which we've already kind of spoiled, but that's totally fine. Well done, Toppy. (laughs) (laughs) You ran a little over, but I was just so taken by your smooth baritone voice that I just couldn't interrupt. Beautifully beautifully done. Yes. Yes, and uh, let's just talk about the cast for a second here. Besides Betty Davis, um, We've got the guy uh, who plays the husband, David Aykroyd. No relation to um, Dan Aykroyd. But he looked vaguely familiar. Well, he was in everything. He was he yeah, was he, he was seventies TV guest star staple. Uh, Absolutely. And I just covered him, and he was in a movie that I did over the summer, one of the made-for-TV movies. Uh, this movie called um, uh, Deadly Lessons, where he was sleeping with Donna Reed and. All the female students at his exclusive girls' school, and everybody knew, and everyone was Donna like, Reed. Donna Reed was the headmistress. Yeah, but she's so pure and sweet. How could she be fooling around with him? Uh, well, uh, well, yeah, well, it, I don't know how he could have fooled around with her because <laughs> she had so much Aquanet in her hair. 
<laughs> that it was a lethal weapon, but that's not the point right now. That's but, a different. Yeah, so he he he. This is what he seems to do. He plays mildly sleazy folk. He could run. He could run for president. <laughs> mildly sleazy. <laughs> uh, well. Yeah, yeah. That, that that horse has left the barn, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we got him, and the wife is played by a uh, Joanna Miles, who I remember from Dallas. She was on for a season or two, and she used to be on Chicago. Ah, okay. Uh, the daughter is Rosanna Arquette. Rosanna Arquette. Yeah, yeah. Way before she got all desperately seeking Susan. Yes. And it took me a while to recognize her. And once I did, it was so because I'd forgotten about her. Because there's so many Arquettes, they're hard. It's hard to keep track of them all. So was she Cliff's daughter? Yes. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, Nick. I have no idea what the father is. I know that I think of it, but um, yeah, but yes, yeah, she's David's sister and, and and Patricia's sister and the other one who died, Alexis. Yeah, they're all siblings. I, I just remember Cliff from Hollywood Squares. I'm sorry. There's only one person I remember from Hollywood Squares. It's not. <laughs> Cliff, well, there's Paul Lynn, Cliff <laughs> Arquette, <laughs> and Vincent Price were the th- three best regulars. <laughs> the others were just expendable. <laughs> you don't need the rest of them. Yeah, so, so right. it, was, it was cool to see her. Um, and um, the guy, uh, Worthy, who's a young man in the town who becomes very important very soon, is Miles O'Keefe, who I remember from Caddyshack. Yeah, this, uh, he must have shot this movie shortly before Caddyshack. You're right, because that was 1981. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was going and, places. Yeah, so this Cad- was his big break. Well, actually, he, he's another one who's he's a child star, too. So he worked in TV all the time. Uh, yeah. Um, and the, there's a creepy little girl in this, because how could you have a creepy uh, little town without a creepy little girl who doesn't speak? Yeah, That's this right. girl was crazy. That girl is Tracy Gold, who went on to be on Growing Pains for many years with Kirk Cameron. Ah, oh, gave, no shit. Yes, who abused her so badly that she got a famous eating disorder. <gasps> she was on the show. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a whole, big, whole big thing. She almost died. She wouldn't eat any corn. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Jesus was telling her that she was too fat <laughs> to be on the show. That's, what, that's how Kirk rolls. Yeah, so it, it's a it's a fun cast. And a, a lot of the other people, as in all these movies, are you like, yeah, I, I kind of, oh, of course, Rene Abergenois. Right. Yeah, how do you say his name? I, yeah, I, he, I, 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 I the, took a vac of Vicodin so I can say it properly. Yeah, Abergenois. <laughs> and he played the peddler and he got into trouble. He did. That flat plot line I couldn't follow. <laughs> but, oh. well, we're not there yet. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, these – what I liked about the movie, the second it started, yes. they put up a title card that said, Manhattan, New York. Thank you. Right. <laughs> Thank Just you. Just so there's no oh, confusion. Oh, okay. You know, the picture of the state, the Empire State Building had me confused. I thought we were in Manhattan, Ohio. Oh, whatever. Never mind. Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was noticing, since I've been covering so many of these movies on the show, that there are similarities in all of them. In almost yes. all of these, the husband is an artist. Yes, they, he is definitely. He's an artist, an artist, and there's always a horse riding accident. Yes. <laughs> always, there was one. There was, there was one with you t- 
uh, Toppy when we did uh, what was that movie? Stranger in Our uh, House. Yeah. Yeah. With Linda Blair and her perm. Yeah, and there's uh, the horse accent all over. But the fortunately, place. there was no waxy totem horse penis in this one. No. no. Oh, spooey. Shucks. I'm telling you, these made-for-TV movies were bonkers. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was all kinds of fucking in this one, but that one had Linda Blair walking around with a big wax horse penis. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, can we say this TV movie? They were drinking booze all the time. They were effing all over the place. Holy Jesus. Yeah, so there were some echoes of the Wicker Man there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Stephen King did say that this movie was in his head when he wrote Children of the Corn. Really? Oh, okay. Yes. Very interesting. Uh, yeah. Huh. I'm sorry, did I ruin it? Did I ruin it for everyone? It's like, oh, I thought that was an original story. Nothing, nothing new under the sun. No, there's not. <laughs> And if you got a town of creepy people, you might as well write scary stories about them. Yeah, that's I, 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 especially that's if they're, they're especially if they're cut off from like media and things like that, where they won't ever know. <laughs> yeah, even I, more, even better. I didn't know which story came first, yeah. Stephen King or this. Well, I think it was published in a book. Uh, the short story of Children of the Corn was like 1981, something like that. Yeah, hot on the heels of this. Yeah, but I'm not sure if he had got it from the book. Uh, because the book came out long before the movie did, of, of Harvest Home. Yeah. Yeah, so they're having all their marital problems. She's li- She lives at her psychiatrist's office, this mom. Right, this is not a happy family. No, and, and one of the things she said early on which made me go, oh, that was a weird thing to say. When she was talking to the psychiatrist, she's like, and every time we try to have, you know, sexual lovemaking, that was kind of redundant. <laughs> <laughs> Details. I just, just can't like, do it. Just like Manhattan, New I York. I can't you submit know, to, to him in that feminine way. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is very 70s. My goodness. <laughs> right. Um, uh, something else about the cast I, I want to mention is that at the very end it says, the voice of Donald oh. Pleasance. Oh, oh, oh. I cannot believe he got a credit in the opening for that as the narrator. It says as the narrator. He ain't narrating anything. He's reading he's a really? book on tape reading Great Expectations. Listen, I, I, if it, I ever heard Donald Pleasant's voice in this fucking thing or a narrator, I didn't – did you guys hear a narrator? Did you guys find no, Donald no, Pleasant? Yes. You go, Stephen. It was the audio book. Book. Oh, Stephen, you broke up. The audio book. The blind guy was listening to. <gasps> oh, are you telling are you me? Yeah. Oh, he was the narrator of the book yeah. on tape. Are you fucking shitting me? That was. But the first. Was... But the first time his voice came on, it was not clear that there was anybody the listening first to that three or book. four times. So I thought I. So I thought it was somebody in the room, whoever had hijacked and made a pirate tape of this off of the TV had been <laughs> listening to the radio, and that was what was bleeding through. Okay. I was, I very, I was very confused by that, too, because there, there, there are three or four scenes when it's usually the wife. She's out running around getting stuff out of the car, and you're hearing great expectations. I'm going, that's not yeah. pleasant. And who's listening to that? And why is, why is this happening right now? 
Yeah, there's no obvious reason. That's why I was sure it was a it was a bleeding in from something else going no, on. There's a the, reason for it. You find out I, later, but it, yeah. So it folks, wasn't a big was, shock. It was just confusing. There was this neighbor guy. He's blind, and he listens to book on, books on tapes or books on records or whatever. Uh, it was vinyl recordings of books on tapes. I did not know this, but apparently it was Donald Pleasance uh-huh. reading us those. Yeah, stories. well, that Halloween money hadn't come rolling in yet because it's 1979. Oh God, I seriously wanted to know where the fuck Donald Pleasance <laughs> came in on this movie. Uh, he was probably just know. drunk on set, and they're like, "Just give him something to do." <laughs> oh my God, Dude, mystery he was, solved. He was drunk and just reading out loud to himself, and. They, <laughs> And it bled through, so they figured they used it. Do you know that I have memorized all of Charles Dickens' novels? <laughs> I can recite them for you. Oh, my God. That is funny. Never knew that. <laughs> my childish yeah. mouth could not form the word Philip, so I was called Pip. <laughs> and I had the blackest eyes. The devil's eyes. <laughs> I like it. I liked it towards the end, you know, but the only time he really needed it was like those last two scenes. Yeah. When they actually showed the record. Yeah, because when, that you, it made yeah, when you just heard them blaring in the street, no connection to anything else, I was very confused. I thought the same thing. I thought, what's wrong with the tape? Yeah. Except that I recognized it was Donald Pleasance. Oh, I did. It, this means that there was a high class pirate in the room or something. Yes. Oh, good. That's what the movie needed, pirates. <laughs> <laughs> they were pagans and also pirates. Those Connecticuters. Yeah, know? so, I mean, they're having all these marital problems. And actually, Toppy, I don't think anybody died. I think they were just out for a drive. Weren't they? Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't like Crowhaven Farm where they <gasps> no, no. were killed. No, the whole reason they went to this place was that a relative of Oh, you're of right, you're death. right, right. They died, but she didn't inherit anything. They were just coming home from the funeral. And they the, got car, the car broke down at, at Lost Whistle Bridge. <laughs> okay, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you, don't, you don't want to cross Lost Whistle Bridge because you don't come yeah. back. They make you live. And, and, and they got they, extra money. So yeah. They could afford it. Oh, yeah, they, she inherited a sizable fortune. Right, and he decides he doesn't want to be uh, 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 working for an artist. advertising firm anymore. He's like, I studied in Paris to be an artist. I can be an artist here. I can be doing these great sketches of Amish people. That aren't right. Amish. That'll, that'll sell. So it's like a new beginning for this family. Yes. They're, they're getting out of that city where the daughter is afraid to go to school. Well, you know, Riverside Drive was rough in the 70s, man. Right. You know. 79, the city was in no great shakes. Mm-hmm. No. Especially for a pretty little white girl going to piano lessons. No, sir. Yeah. So they're kind of happy to uh, go there and they stumble upon this particular house. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they just happened to be there on plowing day. And who is the old man? And the thing was, was, they the- they, they, have, they have all these wonderful celebrations in this town. And I have them all written down because we got title cards for them every time it was this big celebration. And the first one was yeah. plowing day. But they spelled it with a G-H. And I went, what's pluffing day? What does that mean? <laughs> That's how I put it down to my notes. Pluffing day. Let's get pluffed, kids. Who is the old man that the the father of the missing girl? Oh, Grace Aberdeen. Yeah, who the, who was that? Actually? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure it was somebody. Yeah, he was familiar too. I mean, they didn't cast people in these made for TV movies unless you were working for the network usually. So, 
Right, the whole studio system, and they needed names so people would watch it. Uh-huh. Um, speaking of this, this is a good time just for me to mention that in this production, I felt like there was no attempt by the director to do anything fancy. This must have been pounded out. Um, and I, you know, the performances are fine, but just as far as how they chose to shoot it huh? and their choices were like, let's just do this. Uh, over there. There were no tracking shots. There was nothing elaborate or delicate about the camera work. It was no. just there. Let's use the zoom lens. Let's pound this out. Well, the only a- the only effects were some fuzzy uh, uh, shots of the visionary dancers. Yes. Oh, wait, wait. We got we got to come back to them. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, that. that's the thing with these made-for-TV movies. They were usually done really quick and really cheap. Yes. And, yeah. and, and this. Way, and you and you were dealing with people who worked on TV shows behind yeah. the camera, right, but, but so they're not going to be doing fancy shots. Effects. There also might have been a choice not to do many special effects because there's something – the story itself I kind of liked. It was long but and, yes. and, and convoluted. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because um, the thing is the husband in this, he's the one who's now on the outside. Yes. His wife and his daughter are getting more and more embroiled in this as – he says, and everybody in this town has got secrets, and they won't answer simple questions. And if they do, they can't keep their story straight, and it only makes him more curious. So he's just him being there is trouble. Yeah. Because nobody can give him a goddamn straight answer, which was driving me nuts. Right. I'm like, you guys got to make up a better lie about this Grace Aberdeen girl, because you can't shut up about her. <laughs> right. So okay, who's a- Grace Aberdeen? Well, she's uh, really just a gravestone at the beginning. Dead. Some woman. <laughs> she's isn't dead. She related, isn't she related to somebody from Hunger Games? Isn't Aberdeen? <laughs> I don't know. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Uh, but well, she, that's, why, that's, why, that's why it's good that the series ended because she also, also was going to get acromegaly. <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't have been as cute anymore. Please continue. Yeah, she's, she's just a, a gravestone uh, when the family from New York comes in, Nick and Beth and his daughter – uh, what's that grave? Well, yeah, but what, what's, so, what's so special about the gravestone, Toppy? Yeah, well, it's it's there's no other graves around. It's, it's not in, it's not in the graveyard. <laughs> it's not. She was not allowed to be buried on hallowed ground, right? Because and they so, said she was a suicide. Yes. Well, we find that out later. Yeah, and this is, uh, you know, what I start to think of. Well, this grace. This woman buried in this grave. This is this. This must be part of the secret of Harvest Home. Well, obviously, when they showed the gravestone, the soundtrack went right. dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, And for for something they're trying to keep secret, they really can't shut up about her, even ah. without him asking. I remember she, the widow. Uh, Betty Davis plays. I can't remember her last name. I want to say Widow Douglas, but that's not right. Just the widow. No, she's got a list, but it doesn't matter. But uh, Widow Cornwall, let's just call her. And she comes busting into the house you know, bu- uh, w- uh, to talk to somebody to drop off some shit that she made. Some, one of her tonics or a cake or a scarecrow or one of the million things that she does. And she's like, I, I, that Grace Aberdeen, that girl brought the drought upon us. Nobody was talking yeah. about her. 
Yeah, the poor woman <laughs> in the isolated grave. She did something bad. She's been dead for eight years, and you still can't shut up ragging on this poor girl. In front of all the people you don't want to talk about. Right? Exactly, exactly. So the dark secret of Harvest Home is that they can't keep their mouths shut. Um, yeah, so that's this first thing that he latches onto. Because the thing is, he's been sent to do – he's been licensed to do a coffee table book of you know rural sketches right. and his publisher said it would be really great if you could dig up like a local ghost story or a long forgotten murder mystery or something because that will really get the book moving off the shelf so he's digging into shit he shouldn't be digging into right yeah Nick the guy from New York City uh, this is his new shtick that he's going to publish a book and he's going to do some illustrations and he's going to look around this community that does the corn thing and uh, he's going to write about it and uh, find all their secrets. Yeah, he's going to do, do what the police couldn't do in low these many years. But they didn't do because the police were in on it. <laughs> Turns Det- out. Details. Details. Uh-huh. 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 And the thing is, that whole plot line, I mean, I get it had to be shrouded in mystery. But the yeah. whole plot line of Grace Aberdeen got so convoluted, I had no idea what was going on. Okay, I because I'm like, okay, Patrick. she was the corn maiden. She was okay. She was chosen to be the corn maiden in one of these celebrations, which we'll get into. And then she didn't fulfill her duties or something, and she left. And you're not supposed to leave when you're the no. corn maiden. You're not supposed to leave the coom. And neither is the the the, the corn king or whatever the hell he was called, corn, Lord of the right. corn, whatever it was, Harvest Lord, Harvest Lord. Harvest but she left, and then she went crazy apparently and killed herself. But then the, the story keeps changing and getting weirder and weirder. And I had eventually I said I have no idea what was going on. And then at some <laughs> point, her father was like, "Well, she was a tiny thing." And then this other woman was like, "She was eight feet tall <laughs> and wore twelve size twelve shoes." That's why the school told you not told your parents not to let you watch it because it would ruin your logical. Oh, thinking she was a process. drag queen. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So the the entire. Sturry is, you know, keeps this grace. This woman who dis- disgraced the town. And she brought a blight on the town. Yes, yes. She, she was banned. Because they couldn't go to the grocery store 10 miles down the road. Well, they could sometimes, but they don't. Oh, Stephen. We said. <laughs> I mean, this is Connecticut. You get in the car and you drive 10 minutes and yeah. there's a. <laughs> that corn doesn't have cum in it. <laughs> this is an isolated community. They wouldn't do that. <laughs> they Lord wouldn't go mercy. down to the next town. And besides, all they grow is fucking corn, for Christ's sake. Right? Nobody eats anything like that. Nobody Jeez, eats anything else. That's it. <laughs> well, I mean, there's sheep Bread, everywhere. I just thought it was fun potatoes. that you know, there would just be like people, there were just sheep wandering on people's lawns all the time. <laughs> I like that. That made me happy. I don't know why. Lots of chickens. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, but one of the things when they first when they first get to the town, it's this plowing day thing, and of course they they all think it's quaint. And even though it's this, not backwards. I don't want to say backwards. What's a, what backwards? I'm, okay, it's backwards. Well, Amish. It's. Uh, I mean, can you be backwards if you're choosing to be backwards? Yes, Donald Trump. Yes, you can. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> Fine, they're back. Old way. Okay, they're not modern. This this modern gas from the past society clinging on to the old ways. Yeah, yet, they can't. Yet they're they are very welcoming to them when they get there. There's a scene before they get there. There's a there's another couple there who are kind of 
modern, like the blind guy and his wife, they're not quite coon people. She's, uh, the wife is apparently from the coon, but she left, got married, and yeah. came back. So they're not quite all as wrapped up in bonnets and shit as everybody else is. And they see somebody looking at this house. This family that's looking at this house has been empty for years and years and years and years. And the woman's excited. She's like, where? There's a family looking at that house. Maybe these will be the ones who can buy it. And the woman's like, oh, I don't know. The house will give me a sign if it's them. It wasn't them. It wasn't them. <laughs> this house was waiting, no. for, waiting for some Greek blood to come in. Some Constantine it, blood. And it was our New York City couple with their asthmatic daughter. Uh-huh. Turns out they're the people for that house. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's the blood that we need. Lucky them. Because well, you know, if they keep if they keep, if they if they don't, you know, mix up the bloodline a little bit, you're gonna get you know mutant corn, and it won't be good. <laughs> It'll be all deformed and shit. You're uh-huh. gonna be all eight foot tall giants. <laughs> good point. <laughs> really, how odd that Aglomegaly struck this <laughs> insular community. Um, all right, what else is going on here? Um, yeah, so the first episode. Is considerably shorter than the second, and it's all it's still too long. It's it, well, I mean, it's shorter than the second, but it's all exposition. Like nothing happens. It's nothing. all them getting there and then meeting everybody in town and get and learning about the ways. The old ways. Wouldn't this be a lot faster on plowing day if you guys had a tractor? Ah, oh, yes, it would be. But that goes against the ah, yeah, it goes against the ways. It would. Yeah, we all talk like we're on Pepperidge Farm, even though we're in Connecticut. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. There's something I wanted to say. That everybody in this town is so wigged out about what Grace Aberdeen did eight years ago. Yet, you have a full-on hooker running the post office. Yes, the hooker running the post office. The she woman who runs the post room. office, what's her name? Uh, Tam- Tamar. Not Tamara. Tam- 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 Tamar. Tamar. Who, 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 was, Tamar who was a prostitute in the Old Testament? Well, she, see, this is why Stephen's important. <gasps> That's why they put the, the well, so, it's name. Not, so it's not her fault. They named her that. That's right. They deliberately chose that name. To we, need so, we, need some, we need someone to lick the stamps. Might as well be Tamar, man. <laughs> someone who's become, who else, working who, with her tongue who, and wearing low-cut right. blouses. Who else is going to be good at that? Yeah, everyone in town. They're not, like I said, they're not full Amish, but they, they it's definitely a dressed-down community. Mm-hmm. Um, Except for Tamar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's got her titties hanging out and got lip gloss on and nobody seems to mind. Yeah, heavy eyeshadow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, that's how you know she's one of the bad guys. Is she? Well, she's one of them. Well, yes, of course. It's good. Her whole plot line was confusing to me, too, because she keeps trying to seduce Nick, the father. Right. Yet, I'm going, but isn't this part of the plan? Is this part of the plan? I can't tell. Well, he's he's extraneous because he he's, well, he's a man, uh, right? And infertile, as it turns out. Oh, that's right. Oh, well, we don't get that tidbit till the end. <laughs> yeah. Again, they're infertile, just like in Crowhaven Farm. <laughs> <laughs> Die, Baron. See, See that's the whole thing all over again. It's a, it was part of that seventies. All the bad guys always won. In uh-huh. these movies. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But anyways, this New York couple is welcomed into this rural corn uh-huh. corn community. With, with they set up shop in their house. With open burlap legs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcomed yes. right in. <laughs> uh, the husband, 
he goes right to writing and he's doing sketches of everything that's going on and he's talking to people and uh you know so they they settle into this weird community that has these old ways uh-huh and the thing is it's touched on early on in the movie is that the mother in this is telling her psychiatrist that she's like well what do you expect i'm a preacher's daughter and she has a long monologue about how you know when she was first married to nick and that they had to live with her father and how he how he was with him so i it kind of makes sense that she falls into the ways more easily she- She's looking for – she has not had happiness in her marriage. She's looking for something to belong to, and she latches on to this new community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, she has, not, she has not seen Dr. Finkelstein in three months. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, she uh, – you know, her therapist is left behind in the dust. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, and of course, on top of that, the girl with the terrible asthma that's killing her all of a sudden doesn't have it anymore. Right. Well – even so, See, that, she's doing that, so that, well that she can even have a horse because it's a '70s movie and a girl needs a horse. <laughs> yes. Right. That, the other thing about these movies of the '70s is that they always try to make the magic seem plausible. So the widow is a witch, but not quite. She she can magically heal the asthma. She does this magic tracheotomy. Yeah, she, I mean, she, I mean, she's established that she does everything in this town. She's the real estate agent. She's practically the mayor, and and. She is the old, she is you know the, what you would was probably mistaken for witches back in the old days that old yeah. woman who lived in the woods who was a herbalist. <laughs> yeah, let's let's nail down Betty Davis's character. She is uh, uh, probably the matriarch. Oh yeah, and, oh, yeah, and she has knowledge, and she seems to she knows everything, and. But what else about her? She's – what else do we know about her at this point? Well, I mean it, – it, Her fashion sense leaves something to be desired. Well <laughs> – <laughs> Yeah. Granted, the costumes are a step up from the Crowhaven farm outfits. So <laughs> if they did not – they were not Party City. Very JCPenney. It was a very JCPenney community. J- yes. They, they, they spent a little more money. Yeah, she had one of those little you – know, Lacy bonnet cap things on, but you know, hey, she's an old lady. She looked the part with uh, glasses mm-hmm. and big old shears that she carries everywhere. What are they yeah. for? I wonder. Hmm. In this matriarchal community, hmm. yes, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we find mm-hmm. out. Oh yes, oh yes. I'm just trying to think what else happens in part one. I mean, we're interested. Oh, the other thing is there's the there's a section of the forest called the Lonesome, which is apparently haunted. And in addition to being haunted, this is where the the family that makes the moonshine lives. And they're not friendly people. Moonshiners being notoriously unfriendly anyway. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. But, but, you know, everyone's happy to see them because booze. Okay, so now we have woods with a ghost, yet we have have violent uh, moonshiners that are threatening to kill everybody all the time. There's a... Right, they want to keep everybody out of their part of the woods, just like... They tell everyone they might get turned in. Mm-hmm. They they're, think prohibition is still in effect or something. Well, apparently not because they're sling- they're, everyone's happy to be walking around with a jug of moonshine at every damn festival that they have. Yeah, but these guys act like they're always afraid the police are going to come and shut the, shut down the still. Yeah, well, I think they just don't want people going in 
taking moonshine when they want it. And also, I mean, I, I actually have no idea. Well, I mean, we find out later that their job is to protect the Harvest Home Festival. But I don't know why they said to ditch the rest of the year, but I guess it's sacred ground, whatever. I don't know, whatever. Uh, yeah, so there's this whole subplot with a ghost that may or may not be there. And the, uh, uh, the Rene Abergenois character, who is a peddler. With a big mouth. With a big mouth, who can't, who I couldn't understand at all because the sound was wonky on this tape. Uh, who also can't stay out of the woods. So he's telling them there's no ghost. It's something they made up to keep people out until he says he saw the ghost. And, and then Nick thinks he sees the ghost. And then the ghost kind of disappears out of the story after that. Right. Maybe this movie wasn't as good as I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so that's pretty much part one. I mean, the, 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 you're just seeing the, the family slowly getting not only implemented but absorbed into this community and not in a good way. Uh, apparently they're totally fine with Rosanna Arquette not going to school. Right. But yeah, there's no a school over in Milton, but nobody goes there. Yeah. And there's no mention of her ever going to school. But there's a couple of references to her being tutored by somebody at, at home, but mm-hmm. it's very uh, vague. Homeschooling, very ahead of, t- ahead of its time. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I can't imagine what, what homeschooling in the coom would be like. God only knows. Be a, how do you and today's lesson thing? will be corn. <laughs> Again. <laughs> so it is at this point, dear listeners, that the tech stuff started to become completely wonky. The sound became unusable. And I lost one of my guests for the remainder of the interview. Who's it going to be? Well, you're going to have to wait till next time to find out. I'm going to try to have part two of The Dark Secret of Harvest Home out within a day or two for you to enjoy. Because, like I think I said in the course of this interview, that the stuff that we covered tonight was all set up for what's coming tomorrow. Because tomorrow is when the bloodletting and the, and, the, and the copulating and all kinds of creepy stuff in the corn goes absolutely bananas. So if you've been patient this far... Well, you know what? Just stick around. You got no choice because this is what we're doing. I've stuck to it. We're committing to it. And here we go. So until next time, my beautiful screamers, continue to make the world of creepy place and tune in for part two of The Dark Secret of Harvest Home whenever it comes out. Dad needs to go back to bed right now. And hopefully I'll be feeling better and you'll be feeling better and we'll all be feeling better. And good night, kids. I love you. Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches! <laughs>